Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. What are my motives with this? What do I want to do with this? And accordingly, I divide and kind of allocate my resources, my time, and also kind of put it out there to the community. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events job opportunities and even housing go to we are slash community we'll take you straight there that's we are slash community so i produce normally 24 podcast episodes a month crazy and everybody's like 24 that's like madness but the thing is The reason why the podcast exists, why We Are LA Tech exists, and why women in tech exist is because I want to help the most people and empower people around the world. And the only way to celebrate more people is to create more inventory, more real estate to feature them on. And I know that I could incorporate multiple interviews into one episode, but I just want to give everyone their own spotlight. I just... I just don't want to share that spotlight for them. You know, I want that spotlight to be just dedicated to them in each episode. And I know it's wild where podcasting has gone and why everybody is, you know, picking up a mic. It's like podcasting is the new blog. So I just would love if you're thinking about starting a podcast to stop for a moment and to think about your why. My why is to empower people to connect people in a really meaningful way, to move offline, uh, to move online digital connections to offline meaningful relationships. What are you doing with your podcast? Why is it that you want to create this piece of content or your blog or whatever it is or your Twitter? Like, what is the why behind it? Why are you sharing? Why are you showing up to the medium that you're doing it with? Enjoy the next episode. LA Tech companies and talent. I am so excited to bring to you our next guest. She's an incredible influencer here in the tech space. She is absolutely amazing. Welcome, Sharon. Whoop, whoop. Hi. I have been so hyped to interview you for years. You are an outstanding entrepreneur, business person. Just you're all things incredible. This is going to be a really, really exciting conversation. To kick things off, why don't you go ahead, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thank you. Thank you for that awesome introduction. I'm even more hyped about myself now. So I appreciate that. And that's what it's all about, right? So it's all about women and women supporting women and us being here for each other. So 
my background. So my name is Sharon Winter, and I'm the COO and co-founder of Esports One. We are a esports exclusive fantasy platform. And we're the ones bringing fantasy to League of Legends, to Fortnite, to Call of Duty, to all the big game titles. And we're giving you what you're a elevated experience from what you would have been used to to a typical fantasy football. So for for those of us who aren't familiar with that world, can you kind of walk us through it in layman's terms? So there's two worlds. There's the fantasy world and the esports world. And as far as the esports world, it is it is the wild wild west. It is competitive video gaming. So if you imagine there's people who there's the people who are sitting on their couch and casually playing games, but then there's the people who show up to an arena every weekend. An arena and this there's a production that's somewhat like the Ellen show. It'll blow your mind the first time you see it. And they go to watch teams compete, professional teams. These professional players are making $200,000, $300,000 a year, and they're a professional athlete. And they're playing games, and each game is specific to their skill set. So there's the League of Legends teams, and those are the ones we cover the most at Esports One. And League of Legends is a game that's been around for 10 years. And the pro scene within League of Legends involves five players to a team, team against a team, and each player has its own position and they work as a group in order to defeat the other team and basically almost like capture their home base. That's the easiest way to say it. Now, I've been following your journey for a while and I want to get more into esports one. But before I do, I feel like you're the kind of person that anything you touch succeeds. <laughs> and and I just I don't know. That's my perception. And one thing that I want to ask you and I want to get into your previous companies as well is when you start a new project slash company slash endeavor, what's your mindset? Like, what are you looking for to think this is something worth my time to pursue? What's your qualifier? I love that question because it's constantly crossing my mind. I'm the type of person that has a new idea a week, I'd say. I definitely have a new idea a day, but one that really sticks every week. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Or I'm looking at different products and I'm like, if you know, if I had the time in the day, would this be something worth pursuing and why? And for me, it really has to do with, it's changed over the years, but I think it really has to do with main drivers are, do I have the skill set? Is it in my knowledge or in my power to build this out? Like why me almost? That's one key one. And then the second question is like, what's the ultimate goal with this? Is it, you know, is it the next five years of my life? Is it something that is, you know, a community builder? Is it um, revenue? Is it, um, and usually it should include both of those. That's usually my MO. But is it, is it a side hustle? Like, what are, what, what are my motives with this? What do I want to do with this? And accordingly, I divide and kind of allocate my resources, my time, and also kind of put it out there to the community. And when you're having your ideas week after week, and I'm so excited to get into your journey, um, the thing that I really respect about you as a business owner is you always seem to have a clear focus, even though you have Cre worked on different things. They have a beginning, they have an end. And when you're in it, you're in it. And I noticed with some entrepreneurial people on their LinkedIn, it feels like every other week they have a new idea they're pitching. And that's just not you. So how do you take those ideas you have week after week and store them to not get distracted? I 
think in that direction in that way, right? I've always inspired. And I think it's also in the places I put myself. I think inspiration is a great thing. Exposing yourself, listening to podcasts, audiobooks, big fan, just staying up to up and in, in, in sync with the times. It's very important when you're building any company. And if you're that type of person, you also get inspired and it might be inspired about things in your current company. It might be inspired and your mind kind of gets to wander. And for me, it's really fun when my mind wanders just because it lets me take a break. That's the way that I take a break. I don't, I don't really watch TV. I don't have that much time to game these days. You know, and I kind of, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm taking a break, it's, you know, all right, how do I take my mind off of current work? Let's get inspired about other things. And sometimes they apply. And yeah, that's how I kind of connect the dots. I have a lot of respect for you because there are just so many people that, you know, as as visionaries and idea creators, um, there's a difference between coming up with an idea, executing on the idea, and then executing on the idea to completion. <laughs> and, or I should say starting the idea, but then now moving on to the next one, right? And I just, I think that um, how you come off as a professional and just the fluidity of the focus and drive that you have behind what you work on is so admirable and something that I hope all of us can learn from because it's just, it's such a, an eloquent way to move your profession forward. I know that sounds a little cheesy, but I just see so much of this like, and then there's that idea over there. And then how about this? And then I want to sell you this. And then there's that. that. <laughs> and, and now I'm starting an info course. Like, you know, like just Focus so much is of key. Focus yeah. is absolute key. So how do you define your role? How do you cut? What's that conversation look like? And what is your role there today? So I am the COO and everyone touches everything. We're still, we're still rather young and I mostly handle or mostly kind of uh, spearhead partnerships. And that goes back to my days at Hotpoint where we had 2,500 clients that I pulled in and we built from the ground up. And these are clients like Live Nation and Hilton and Marriott and The Win and Hakkasan Group and all these guys and now all these partnerships that I've been working with and people I've been working with that are now friends, I'm able to translate these uh, non-endemic partners into the esports space and introduce them to it. And so that's one of my core focuses and then building community. So anything that involves our community products we own and we've built several community products and we're the home collectively uh, across all of our platforms. We're the home to 5 million gamers and we have to curate that community and give them, yeah, give them some, you know, uh, refresh it for them constantly and kind of be there to build that. Where are you in the development of the company? Like how many people are on your team? Have you guys raised? Um, what? Tell us a little bit about the ecosystem of Esports One. So Esports One has been around for about two, two and a half years. We originally came out of MIT, MIT Play Labs, and uh, we started off and still are a computer vision company, a stats and data company in esports um, that fuels all of our um, insights using computer vision. And with this tech and data, we've been able to build the most powerful stats and data warehouse. And then with that, we've been able to build this extremely rich and exciting fantasy esports experience. And we are going after being the only players standing as far as the fantasy esports destination for every game title. So far, we've launched with League of Legends, and we are diving into our second season in about three weeks, which is so exciting, um, which is for summer split. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> and there's so many fun things happening with it. I mean, we are doing E1 Fantasy on steroids. We're introducing new um, new features every single week that the league will be open. We are introducing an event pass. We are introducing different ways for you to research your favorite players and actually get really creative insights. We have a new content partner that will be coming in and giving exclusive interviews with the players for our specific users. There's a lot we're pouring into this and it is a free experience and it's all about you know we're we're so much about value up front we're giving our users the absolute richest data driven experience they can get because we know gamers and we're all gamers and we want to build some place that we want to hang out in and we want to spend our time in ourselves and how large is your team our team is right at 20 people and um, that's across all our products we have four products. Our main one is E1 Fantasy. And then the other products are community products that feed into E1 Fantasy. So one is a wiki site where you can look up all your favorite players. Another one is a Discord extension where you can play fantasy on Discord. Another one is a stats site. We we have a few. And have you guys raised or are you self-funded? We have raised. Um, we raised our last round was our seed round. And to date, we've raised a total of $4 million and we'll be going out again soon. So what kind of insights can you give us about raising? Um, are you the person responsible for raising or does someone else on the team do that? So the CEO, Matt, and I are both um, responsible for it. We kind of tag team. He's very much the introvert gamer that really gets into the nitty gritty details, also very technical. And then I am the bridge between um, investors who aren't as well versed in the space. I'm able to kind of articulate and explain to them, you know, what we're doing and why it matters and um, explain also the technical side in a way to, we call them the non-endemic investors. And then there's Matt kind of handles the investors who have been gaming for 30 years and have you know invested in everything since the beginning of Twitch and they get into a much deeper level of conversation where they just talk about their favorite games they like to play. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say is the number one thing that you've done really right within your company when it comes to culture? When it comes to culture, I think the most important part has been communication because it's really, really, really hard to do. And I will say it, we are not all perfect at it. I think that's something we've learned. And also I think the the way to come back from miscommunication might be the most valuable tool that we've picked up. And I think we've all picked it up together. I think there will always be miscommunication. And if you can bounce back from it without having any anger or kind of holding any grudges and understanding and knowing without someone to have to tell you, like, we're all here for the same goal and the same mission, being able to find that balance and not letting it get emotional. That's been the hardest thing to, um, to conquer, but also that has become the most productive, um, transition or kind of the lesson that has created the most productivity out of it. So this is uh, for selfish personal reasons. I am in love with tools. So I like to ask everybody, what is your favorite tech tool? It could be mobile app, software, hardware, what like website, just your favorite tool. So I love this question. I have <laughs> lots of tools that I love, but Notion is like my go-to. Oh, that's like the new, new. Yeah. Uh, Notion is so cool. And then I have one that might be kind of uh, more uh, lower on the radar, um, which is Mojo. It's an app. What? what is, no, but first tell everybody what Notion is. Okay. So Notion, back to Notion. Notion is wonderful because Notion is a way to, it has replaced Google Docs for me. 
It's a way to organize your everything. There's, it's so versatile. We have our whole company's like guidebooks on there and it's in a way that's so easily searchable and all that. But then I also use it in a personal manner or I use it, you know, I use it in my own work in that it's really nice to have all of your items outlined in one way with like toggles and that sort of thing. The best way to describe it is, do you know that kind of pain point or that, that frustration you have when you have written a Google Doc out, and then you have a new topic that's kind of under the same umbrella or the same partnership. You have to open a new Google Doc and another Google Doc, and then you have to store them in folders, and then you have to find them and open them and close them, and they sit lingering in your tabs. So with Notion, you can have one page that has a category, and then you can toggle and hide and like make a message hidden or visible, and you can work with it all on the same page. You kind of have to experience it, but it, it will replace Google Docs for you. When I tested out Notion, and I've been thinking about using Notion for content planning, when I tested out Notion, their import feature is fire. Insane. Oh my gosh. Everything about what they do, it's the most intentional note-taking, you know, um, organizational, um, like planning tool we've found, and we use it religiously. I use it both with the company. Hotpoint now uses it. Any company I advise uses it, or except for one of them, we're, we're, we're working on that. And then I use it personally. I use it personally. What with did like you use before? Google Docs and like Apple Notes and Evernote and um, more like those things. So but you didn't have like Asana or something like that or Basecamp? Well, we, or- we had Asana and we moved to Monday. So that's like a different category to us. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, wait, okay. I got a nerd out. Okay. Why <laughs> did you move from Asana to Monday? Let's talk business. There's the price. Um, there's the ease of use. Our entire team. Um, so at Esports One, our CEO, Matt, he's obsessed with tools, but like also implementing tools, right? So like, all right, here's a new project management system. And then here's a new one. And the team's like pulling out their hair is like, stop it. Um, and so every time we've, we've switched through, through a ton of them, we did, I'm forgetting all the names that there was a sauna. There was another one that came out for a split second. They thought would like take down the market. And then we like moved over. We ended up on Monday and what's really nice. It's really easy to onboard on Monday. Everyone just in a split second understood how it worked and understood how to use it. We didn't have to do a total brief, like this is the best way to use Monday. And this is going to be our process in using Monday. It's so clear. There's one way and it's so versatile even in that. So interesting. Uh, Like one of the tools that looks really cool, but the onboarding is the reason why I don't use it yet is Airtable. Everybody's we talking use about Airtable. Airtable. We use you Airtable. Do? Too. We use okay. all the tools. Okay, wait. How do you use? I hope everybody digs this nerding out on tools things. Then we'll get to Mojo too. So, okay, how do you use Airtable? How do you use Monday? And how do you use Notion? I'm surprised they use all three because to me, it's project management and content planning. And so I feel I use Basecamp for project management, but I feel like content planning. I'm sort of at a loss. I've been using Trello. It's not great. So, how do you use each one? And we use Trello too. We use, we have, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh we my are God. not all over the place. We are extremely organized. We, um, we use, I, I'm not using Airtable day to day. Our project manager, Nick uses it religiously Airtable and we use it specifically for our E1 fantasy product for planning it out and actually outlining all the items that we want to be, um, that we want to be doing. He uses it to actually organize his thoughts and what like comes next. And he communicates engineering with it as well as part of their tool. With Monday, we task out, we categorize it based on initiatives. So we categorize it based on like, 
or department, sorry, engineering has their tasks, marketing has their tasks and so on. And so we have, and every product as well has their tasks and we do daily standup reviews. So in every day standup, we have a 30 minute standup and everyone goes through every task they have. And we go through Monday as a team. Everyone mm. in the entire company takes part in that and it, it creates accountability. It's made it also less painful to go from, you know, pre-COVID to during COVID times and we all went remote all of a sudden. We have a process where we check each other and are, have a format every morning to ask questions. And it's you everyone had that opportunity. So if it wasn't asked why, you can kind of give people a heads up also, I'm going to want to talk to you. Or if someone like, you know, it, it allows the team to stay on one page. And then Notion is used for uh, the way you do Google Docs, right? Like to like write out some plans and kind of longer form planning out um, or jotting down ideas or creating content. So cool. Okay, Mojo, Mojo. Mojo is a video editing tool on, on your phone. It's an app and it is one of the easiest I've come across. I can make social content in literally the most gorgeous, stunning, beautiful social content, social videos in 20 seconds. Oh, I and have it, it is, on my phone. I didn't even know. You have it? But I've never opened it. It's just like in my phone. I have the pro plan. I was not paid to say this. I'm just kidding. But yeah, like I, like I, really, <laughs> I don't know who built this. I don't know who's behind it, but it is wonderful. It makes it very easy, very clean and works really fast. It lets you make really professional looking like video snippets or promo videos for Instagram, you know, story, tile, um, Twitter, whatnot. And so we make, we've cut down our social media um, creation time. What? Um, by half on the generic stuff, right? Like we also do really intense stats posts and that we have a designer and three people look it over and all that every day. But for the more promo-y stuff, I make all our video promos and I make it in under a minute on Mojo. That is crazy. I'm so excited to check it out. That was an amazing tool discovery. Is there an LA tech company or talent you've come across lately that's really impressed you? I've been blown away by two esports companies specifically in LA. One is Maestro. They're completely reinventing what streaming looks like. And I think what they're doing is really neat and they're onto something. Um, and Playful. Playful is a company also based out of LA with founders that went to UCLA and they are building a they're adding another gamification level on top of how you play League of Legends. So they're rewarding you for everything that you do that is awesome uh, while you play League of Legends. And what does Maestro do? Maestro is a streaming. They create a modular stream, whereas you can watch the content that you're watching and actually dictate what other add-ons or stats are on your screen or if the chat is open on your screen. And it makes it a very, um, very interactive viewing experience, which I think is really cool. And have there been certain events or organizations that have really helped you push you guys forward in the growth of your company? There has been one in particular, and actually a friend of mine, um, well, now we're friends because we've met through this, Mountain Gate. So Mountain Gate is oh, a, Mountain it's Gate. the best. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> Mountain Gate. Sophia is badass. She yes. is badass and has become one, a very close friend. And again, this goes back to building genuine relationships. And this is something that I hope I can share more of on this, um, you know, with you guys as we go. But Sophia is someone I met through Mountain Gate. She's the founder of Mountain Gate, Sophia Parsa. And the community, I, how would you describe Mountain Gate? Everyone comes together and has amazing food and listens to the most amazing speakers, uh, most inspirational speakers that are shaping LA tech. And you get to interact with them in a room that's only 50 people. 
I don't, it's, it's shaped me. What I love about Mountain Gate is that you can't go to a Mountain Gate dinner unless you actually talk to Sophia. <laughs> and, and then I also love, this is back in the day, uh, because she's been doing it a few years now. I loved that she charged because it vetted out that people took it seriously. So you have to pay for the dinner. So that's one, you know, filtering process. And you have to meet her, which is also one of the biggest. Oh, I didn't know that. You have to meet her in person. You need, no, she needs to vet, you know, so you need to talk to her. On the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So you need to talk to her on the phone. You have to pay. You have to be invited by someone. So you, you, unless I guess Sophia meets you, but like typically everywhere. Yeah. And (sighs) it's not her main source of income. She she now works at, in a role at FabFitFun. She's been a founder herself. So it just feels very authentic. Like it doesn't feel that she's trying to scale and get sales, even though she's trying to, she she's definitely has an intent about building it and building it well, but it just feels very authentic and organic. If you attend a dinner and only if you attend a dinner physically, you get invited into a private Facebook group. And I love this Facebook group because you know that you've spoken to everybody in there has spoken to Sophia, has paid for a dinner, has attended a dinner. They've all been vetted. And now we're in this group together. And there's thousands and there's thousands of people on there. And she's expanded it to New York. And I think they did it in Boston as as well and San Francisco. And, you know, now that I've gotten to know her a lot better, this is definitely not a main source of income. I think at the end of the day, like she has staff and she has, you know, her mom caters it and there's so much and there's really not much she walks away with at the end of the day, but she hosts these every two weeks. And it came from a need in the very beginning to actually, you know, create that community or kind of, you know, be able to have a network left and right to, um, to reach out to and help grow her business. Totally. And in the beginning, I don't think she still does, but definitely in the beginning, she would have them at her house uh-huh. and her mom would cook everybody food. It her was mom insane. still cooks. The most amazing Persian food. Yeah, she still cooks to this day. It is one of the most high quality events that's kind of maintained its quality. And I've been going for four years now. Yeah. It's been yeah. four years. It's crazy. It's so crazy. I, I absolutely think Sophia's great. I love Mountain Gate. It doesn't even have a website as far as I know. So how can we what should we even say? Like if somebody wants to go to a Mountain Gate dinner right now, I guess message me. <laughs> or and me, then, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Message either one of us, message Sharon, message me, um, and just may DM us on social or something or yeah. wherever the pigeon has our handles and <laughs> um and then we'll we'll try to sync you up with Sophia. Literally there's no website, there's not there's not like an email that we could give you. <laughs> it's it, it keeps it quality. It really yeah. it's done a great job keeping it quality and don't take this in a way that is intimidating, right? We want to keep no. awesome. No, not at all. If you're even like you have the entrepreneurial spirit, if you're just in the beginning phases, I mean that's the best time. You have seasoned entrepreneurs, you have founders of giant companies that are global. They're coming and you know, they're they're on series D. I don't know, like they're on, yeah. Um, yeah. and they're in the room next to people who are just starting and both them are asking questions to the panel and staying to eat dinner um, in a round table with one another. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought up Mountain Gate. It's one of the organizations that I really respect. And I think even Girl Boss, Sophia Amoroso's Girl Boss, did a whole 
feature on Sophia. They, she did. Uh, the, yeah, the Sophia from that. Girl Boss did a feature on <laughs> Sophia from Mountain Gate. Sorry. Sorry, that was a little confusing. But Sophia's, yeah. Sophia's done it all. She's Forbes 30 to 30. She has all this. Like, she's started in two other companies and she's just, she's a powerhouse. She, I don't And know she's her. been on the podcast, but it was a while ago when she had her other app. Two. But, yeah, but does she still have that app? So Toot is an education platform and it's still around. Um, but she also focused, like she's kind of like changed her focus as well and kind of spent, spends more of her time now building community, both for FabFitFun and other initiatives that I'm not her. I don't know about. <laughs> totally, totally. Anyway, definitely, I we both highly recommend you check out a Mountain Gate. So hit us both up. Sharon, where can people connect with you online? You can find me on Twitter and also LinkedIn. I check both of those platforms regularly. So my Twitter handle is SharonWinter77, and it's going to have the same profile picture as my LinkedIn. So you'll know it's the same. And can you spell your name for everybody? It's S-H-A-R-O-N-W-I-N-T-E-R. Awesome. And if there's one thing that we could do as a community to help accelerate you forward, what would what would that one ask be? I would love... For any gamers out there or non-gamers to let me know, you know, I would love for you guys to check out E1 Fantasy and give me feedback. Uh, we are all about the feedback and we'd love to know what you guys want to see. We have a public roadmap out on our site where you can actually vote for the next feature you want. And we have built... Um, I'd say over 90% of the featured people have requested and people have requested upwards of 60 features. We have one ear to the community at all time and the other ear is in the other, you know, is inwards to the team building some exciting surprises to delight you guys with. Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more people in LA Tech, remember to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. I'm Sharon Winter. COO and co-founder of Esports One. We built the fantasy esports platform for gamers by gamers, based out of Santa Monica. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to we are LA Tech. I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Dan Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. Her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world blows my mind. And her book is insanely well-written. Right when I picked it up, I didn't want to put it down. She teaches me and us how to become the asset, how to be our best selves, and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves, but creates an abundance of opportunity for others. I'm so proud to share her book with you, and I hope you'll pick it up. And I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you turned. Get It's About Damn Time at itsaboutdamntime.com.
The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.